Good evening. You're back on with the Wolverine Podcast. I'm John Borton. I'm here with Tom Crawford, special guest, special friend, uh, always with us. Uh, and I got to tell you one one programming note. You know Tom from uh, from Press Pass with Jack Ebling. You know him from his Crawford Podcasting Network, always doing the interesting and motivational videos. But uh, we're going to have another angle to this whole thing starting very shortly, and that's going to be we'll be bringing in some uh, former Michigan players, uh, special guests next week. I won't uh, I won't tip that off just yet, but uh, <laughs> we have two that a couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're uh, I, I know we're excited about that, and uh, welcome back into the podcast. Well, it's great to be back. It's always uh, great to have, you know, when we get into next week, getting that uh, intel, that input perspective from former players from different eras. And it's amazing some of these scenarios of the J.J. McCarthy, Cade McNamara. This is like a rinse and repeat from a few years prior. I remember the Tom Slade, Dennis Franklin thing. Down when I was 14, go season ticket holder, and he started, let him do a Big Ten title, let him to the Rose Bowl as a sophomore, and then he had no job junior and senior year. A sophomore, first-year eligibility, Dennis Franklin comes in and takes his job. So this is not, you know, totally new traction that Michigan football is going down, but uh, still, this, you know, it, it was still a, an, an eye-opening uh, scenario on Saturday night when J.J. Uh, McCarthy had that opportunity, and uh, he certainly embraced it, John. Oh, no doubt about it. What uh, what do we got to talk about week two? Well, how about a brand new quarterback after <laughs> you've had a guy that uh, that led Michigan to a Big Ten title that beat Ohio State convincingly, uh, certainly not on his own, but he was a major factor in that, uh, that got him to a, a college football playoff for the first time ever. Two weeks into the season, he is the backup quarterback. Well, that's how good J.J. McCarthy has been. I've maintained – to the folks on our board who have taken issue with me on this whole J.J. McCarthy thing at some points and, and tried sure. to – some tried to twist it into I didn't like J.J. McCarthy or I yeah, didn't yeah, I think saw he was that. this good or whatever. But, <laughs> but anyway, look at this guy. He makes – he completes 15 out of his first 16 passes. Uh, the only other one was dropped. My contention is that had he not done – uh, what he's done, played at the level he's played for the past two weeks, and had Cade McNamara not stumbled rather significantly in those first two games, we wouldn't have had that announcement that we had on uh, Saturday night, that announcement that Jim Harbaugh made that said J.J. Uh, McCarthy was going to start not only next week but going forward. Agree or disagree? Well, yeah, I, he was remarkable. And and, and let's let's keep – perspective here and I had two conversations in the press box one with your colleague Chris Ballas and one with your colleague Doug Karsh one early on and uh, Doug at halftime and we were trying to figure out is this the worst team we've ever seen play it at Michigan City I'm talking about the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors and I, I we both uh, I think Chris and I threw out Delaware State uh, Doug threw out UMass is maybe a possibility although Michigan played not very good that game but that was a bad team this was a bad team Hawaii and in fairness to Cade McNamara, I mean, he was going against more competition as a starter against Colorado State, although Colorado State went on and lost to Middle Tennessee last week. So they're not exactly stellar. So regardless, um, optically, I think we all saw 
the precision of the passes. It was actually a 12 for 12 when you really think about one pass was dropped. Jeez. And I thought the throw he made, uh, well, two throws to CJ Cornelius Johnson, that would have been north going south. So, I mean, we're talking in the second quarter, the big throw, the deep pattern, then that then that uh, post corner for the touchdown where he, he, he kind of waltzed out of the pocket a little bit, twisted his hips and snapped that ball like, out of, like a laser. And CJ caught it. Um, those are incredible throws. Incredible throws. Uh, bottom line, though, is like Harbaugh talked about, quarterback is a position of strength, and Michigan's got two really good ones. Yeah, and I got to say, uh, one of them hasn't looked really good so far, and well, I, I got to believe he's frustrated, and yep. uh, certainly his frustration showed after in the post game after that first game. I, I'll tell you what. In the second game, if I'm Cade McNamara, I'm, I might want a couple of my uh, my drivers back, the free drivers that I gave out to, to my <laughs> offensive linemen. It's not, it's not the same thing. <laughs> but but here here's the thing about that. Even that pointed out, okay, you have a breakdown, you have an individual breakdown, and a guy slips by and he's all over your quarterback. On those yeah. two, they were automatic sacks on Cade McNamara. Does J.J. McCarthy sidestep that same guy and and make a play? And I, yeah. that's got to be going through Jim Harbaugh's head, as well as what he talked about how J.J. McCarthy makes uh, takes away an extra defender that has to keep an eye on him for bolting out of there and, and running with the football. Yeah, and I think that what that did is it ignited Jim Harbaugh to to step out of his typical com- uh, comfort zone and declare a starter for the following week. I mean, how many times we've never heard of that. He says, oh, yeah, and, and JJ will be the starter next week. I mean, it just, it just made it too easy for Jim Harbaugh. And I'm not saying, I clearly don't think this battle, well, maybe it is over, but because I think JJ is going to deliver. I, I think he's an exceptional athlete. Uh, and I, I heard an interview with him, with John Jansen coming in. Um, in the trench, whatever that podcast is, and uh, as I was in the trenches, in the trenches, okay. And Jansen does a terrific job with it. No and JJ is a very, Kay's a very articulate, mature young man. JJ is too, and JJ, you know, a sophomore, and he's and just he talked about that injury in the spring where he couldn't throw and what he was doing, uh, breaking down film and looking at tendencies of of of, of different defensive schemes and and uh, and pursuance from. From edge rushers and things like that, how the hips are uh, are, are are showing, uh, revealing, and where disguised coverage is. Maybe he's not being disguised by it because he's smart enough to figure out those hips mean this and that, as opposed to this and that. And I, I was just marvelled at the level of football intel. I know all college football players at this level are extraordinarily football smart, but wow, he articulated it pretty good. Uh, and he made it understandable for, uh, you know, for everybody, all the listeners, dummies like me, uh, of what goes into preparing to play football at this like, quarterback in particular at this level. I was really impressed with J.J. McCarthy on that interview. He has prepared for many years for just this opportunity. And my two cents on the whole uh, over or not over, I think it is over until you see J.J. McCarthy either – have a a bad stretch uh, where they want to call on K to give him a change of pace, or else if if JJ got uh, nicked up and you know heaven forbid uh, Michigan fans are saying uh, regarding that, 
I, I just think that uh, he has earned this, and now it's uh, it's a matter of him moving forward. I think uh, obviously the competition is is going to get better, but uh, it's you can still see when he threads the ball between two defenders into a Ronnie Bell when he's puts the touch on he, that he puts on the long ball when he is able to be elusive and run and yeah defenses will get better guys will get faster that that they're facing so maybe you're not blowing somebody out 56 to 10 but but I, this is going to be a good offense we're going to talk about that more in a little bit but uh, I, I just I see it as JJ McCarthy's job to lose now because of how he delivered in those first two weeks. Yeah, and he didn't even have to use his legs. Maybe in the first quarter there was one run. He got, he got out on one run. Well, he didn't have to. He, he didn't use his legs against Hawaii like he's going to have to use his legs against a Michigan State, which has a, a couple, one in particular really good edge, edge rusher and another team. You know, Iowa's defense, as bad as Iowa is offensively, it's one of Kirk Ferentz's best defenses that he's ever had. It's just ironic. His offense is one of the worst offenses he's had. And still that, you know, that game, you've been at Kinnick, that's going to be a tough game as I, and you know, the other thing, you know, I feel like we got one more, um, we have to endure one more cream puff, if you will, uh, in Yukon. And I think Maryland is back to legitimate football opponent caliber team. And it's big 10. And Mike Loxley uh, is a good coach, and he's I think he's got some I, I think he's got a good team coming up here. I, it, you know, it's not a juggernaut, but anything, but it's a real upgrade of what these first three games are. So I'm looking forward to September 24th and beyond, and that's when we're really gonna really gonna find out how good JJ McCarthy is. No question. And the other thing that we're gonna find out, which is the flip side of this whole coin, there's Unbelievable upside with J.J. McCarthy, and you have to, uh, if you're a Michigan fan, I know you have to be excited about that, and many are. And but the, but the other side of it is you have got that last year's starter who has uh, basically had the rug taken out from under him, and he, he played a role in that. There's no question about it. But how he reacts, how he deals with this, how he stays in the game mentally, how he – uh, helps J.J. McCarthy out and, and everything that he does as a captain, as a uh, senior leader, is is hugely important to this team because if he doesn't stay in it and then something happens to J.J. McCarthy, you're, you're going in with uh, some uh, reasonably untested guys, at least in a Michigan uniform. Great point, John. Uh, it's it's a critical point, and uh, you know we all we all had the same reaction from the from the tone and body language that JJ had uh, post game presser uh, with Colorado State. Okay, um, and and you know we're not inside the walls and things like that. And but he is a captain. He was voted by captain by his teammates, and I I want to believe, and I actually truly believe that he will. Uh, be a really good leader. I mean, you want to talk about an opportunity, a true opportunity to be the ultimate team guy. It lies in the lap of Cade McNamara. He could be an incredible leader, uh, which could pave the way for him, you know, maybe transferring to another school if that's what he wants to go next year. 
or if you or playing football at the next level, who knows, or maybe being a, a great football coach. Maybe he could be a good football coach. If he grasps onto this opportunity of being a quote unquote team guy. And I want to believe, like I said, I I, I believe that's how it's going to go for him. I, I from what I understand about him and also what JJ says about him. So and 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 I think that's also leadership on that team. Other the other seniors are gonna corral that too and and, and to help help him along. I think he's gonna get a lot of support from his teammates. Two things that won't help him now or in the future would be a if he tanks mentally in some ways because that that just doesn't do anything for you if, as right. as uh, other schools might be looking at you after this season exactly. as yeah. you know the pros might be looking at you down the road yep. and and I, I think Cade is certainly tough enough and smart enough to know that as well as knowing he's a play away from once again being the guy and he you know by the time we reach the end of the season who knows what could happen the other thing that uh, will not help him, and uh, you can give me your thoughts on this, uh, is to be booed in his own stadium. Now, I understand that I would say the vast majority of Michigan fans in that place were not among those that uh, were were casting uh, their verbal aspersions on Cade McNamara from on high, but to hear that in your own stadium after the season you had and all, after all you've put in, uh, that just, um, you know, you, your thoughts on it. Well, you know, the Michigan fan base is like a lot of big time schools where, where when you get the passion level and, and you know, I'm, go, I'm going to the stadium and it's freaking pouring rain. I walked in there like uh, I had jumped in a lake. And you know it was, it was tough. When I'm walking by, all these people lined up in front of the gates, and they're they're soaked, but they're they're so passionate. They don't waver. They're waiting to get in that stadium. That's the passion level of Michigan football fans. And I listen. I sat in those stands from '64 until the early 2000s until I got into the media thing, and so I've seen the good and the bad of Michigan fans. I've seen some really really great Michigan fans home and away, and I've seen some really bad. Michigan fans that I that I'm ashamed that they're wearing maize and blue all over. Uh, you, you, that happens everywhere, and that does not, in my mind, I think, I think Michigan fans are appreciative and supportive of Kate McMare. I, I, I think that's the case. And there's some bad apples, and unfortunately, those verbalization of bad apples comes out over over TV audio. I think it might have been the year Michigan opened with Virginia and fell way behind. Yeah, uh, and then went on the Great road in the example. second game. Was that well, that was Scott Dreisbach, Was it not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Dreisbach, he hit, and he hit Mercury Hayes in the. Court. And I'll never forget this. I, I have gotten very few players to uh, to actually laugh out loud in a press conference, but uh, they were going on the road the week after that, and I I said to Scott Dreisbach, uh, "Okay, how do you feel about?" playing in a in a second straight hostile environment <laughs> and he just lost it it was oh that's uh, good that's a good one hey john i got another example for you uh john navar 2001 okay not to when, yeah. when drew got hurt well no mm -hmm. drew got hurt in 2000 he came in there and he you know he had an opportunity against ucla so 2001 which was not a good year and i remember i ran into his dad at halftime and uh, 
it was just I had met him before chatting with him and it and it was he really took it well. He says, well, it just comes with a job and stuff like that. And I know it hurt. I know his dad was hurting because the second quarter, I, I, I can't even remember the game that it was against. I think it might have been Wisconsin. I don't know what game it was, but it was a, a bad first half performance for John Navarre, who went on to take his team to a Big Ten championship in Rose Bowl birth in 2003. The last one that they had or second to last one they had won prior to this one last year. So it's happened before. I get like like John Navarro's dad told me it comes to the territory, but man, it's got to be tough to endure for both the kid and and his family. What do you think his family thinks? I mean, people don't think about that stuff. People don't think about how much freaking work goes into being a college football player. How much work Cade McNamara has put in it. I mean, they yeah. can't. None of us can relate to that. I mean, I mean, ninety nine percent of us can't relate. It's it's uncanny what they put into. Absolutely. So uh, if you want to, if you're in this, those stands and, and you don't want a letdown out of the guy that could be your starting quarterback in a week or in Columbus uh, or in the playoff game, if there is to be one, uh, I might want to cut a little slack here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on from the quarterbacks in okay. particular, though, and talk about this offense in general, because it clearly, clearly in the first two weeks, this offense and I get it with the opponent thing and all that. But this this offense has had uh, a lot of juice with J.J. McCarthy in the game. And I think that that can continue. I think that this is a this is a team that could wind up averaging close to 40 points a game just because uh, they have that many weapons. Uh, yes, Donovan Edwards, there's a concern there. He got nicked up in uh, the game Saturday. But I just, I just think that um, this is going to be a, a scoring machine uh, for Michigan with what J.J. McCarthy brings to all those other weapons. And you've got uh, – you got wide receivers that I think their expectation is seeing the ball more. Yes, you're going to want to maintain the the yeah. running game you had last year, but give us your thoughts on uh, Michigan's chances for a better offense this year than they had last. Oh, I think it's extraordinary, and I think we're seeing it. Even though again we got to qualify all of our comments with the competition, but I I truly think when they get to good defenses. John, it's still going to resonate. You know, it's like every week. I mean, I think what we're going to see, because you have so many great receivers, I mean, Roman Wilson has been the guy. I think you brought this up at the, at the presser on Monday with Jim, uh, that he is, you know, he's been a standout in these first two games. Um, and then Ronnie Bell got seven catches there. We didn't see a lot of Ronnie Bell in, in week number one, and all of a sudden he was there. Andrew Anthony, our kid from up here, uh, I don't think he's been targeted much, and he's a great receiver. He's a big-time guy. It's kind of like last year. It took a while. They got so many weapons. I mean, Eric Hall, I got to look down there. Where's 83? Is he so, you know, he's got one catch here and there. But it hasn't been where they've needed that. And then you had Max Bredesen, the walk on the red shirt, uh, where the bench went crazy. That must that guy must be a popular dude because the, the bench went nuts when he caught that pass for 56 yards or whatever it was. So, or uh, I, I don't know how many yards it was, but. Um, I, I it's 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 a lot of weaponry. Uh, we'll talk about Scooney and some of these other guys, and then so and and Donovan Edwards. I think one thing this is a plus on the schedule, John. You mentioned about Donovan Edwards' injury. 
soft tissue, whatever it is, working through something. That's how Jim calls injuries. They're working through something. Uh, he's got he take a he could take some time and and doing that, you know, how the therapy goes and and, and to get back on. I, I think they can beat UConn without Donovan Edwards. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, it will UConn will be another chance for I would say the guys up front on that offensive line to uh, to work some bugs out. They are still getting used to each other, a different man in the middle. And, you know, they've had enough uh, upheaval over the first couple of weeks to have other guys work in. Um, obviously, a couple mistakes on uh, Saturday night. And, uh, and Cade McNamara paid the price. Yeah. I think you one of the, the biggest things that uh, they're going to be helped by in this, off, in this non-conference season – where there's not tons of pressure on you is to get some of those bugs worked out up front. Yeah. And the offensive line, I mean, you think back to last year, um, you know, when, when people always evaluate the, the Ohio state game as, Hey, yeah, look what Cade McNamara did. They finally beat Ohio state. They almost kind of, this is where these discussions go. Um, and that back to that JJ Kate thing, it says, well, yeah, he won him a, he won him a, a Big Ten title. Finally, he finally beat. He was the guy to beat Ohio State. No, it was that offensive line. Well, he he was part of it. That offensive line and that defense was a huge part of beating Ohio State. Think of a Hassan Haskins and and what that offensive line did for him. And then all of a sudden he's running down uh, the field, you know, doing, looking like a high hurdler in the Olympics. Um, that offensive line is so key. It ended up last year as being probably the best offensive line. Uh, in in the you know in the country, I mean, I, I'm not maybe it's not at Georgia level, but it, it was it was pretty good, and so it's going to be interesting to see how it you know Ryan Hayes now he's back, but I mean you got Trevor Keegan. He seems like you got you got some somebody's hurting. There's there's something that uh, somebody's got to work through, and like Carson Barnhart and all. I mean, there's a lot of names that have that get get dinged up, and and how that plays out, and and to to sink into one starting offensive line, it will be interesting to see how that plays out, when that plays out. And, and, and that's when you really evaluate the offensive line, in my opinion, John, on October 1st. I mean, because I don't care. I mean, Iowa still is tough up front, their front right. seven. And so that will get my attention if that offensive line can carve up, uh, can carve up some holes. I think what we're going to do is uh, really find out also about the run game. And uh, you, you look at the dynamic there that is going to change somewhat because you've switched quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, we, we at one point talked about, well, well could Michigan have 2,000-yard rushers in, uh, in Corum and uh, Donovan Edwards? And I would say my answer to that at this point is no, because um, A, you've already had Edwards have some time out. We don't know if he's going to have some more, but you also have a quarterback that's going to take a, a share of that running game. These, now, I, I really believe that uh, uh, there will be more situations where Michigan is dropping back to pass but also situations where um, there's nobody open and you just see J.J. McCarthy take off and run. I mean, he, he has shown some, uh, some really good, uh, good legs in the first 
couple of games. He uh, had a 20-yard touchdown in the first game, 50 yards overall. And then you see there uh, the uh, one scramble for 16 yards in the second game. Yeah, John, I think I mentioned this last year, uh, and it bears being redundant, uh, back to that C.J. Stoke 19-yard run last week against Colorado State when on that read option that one linebacker literally – I watched – I just had me watch this guy, like literally froze his feet and went after J.J., and, and, and Stokes went right by this guy like, like he's parked on the side of the road. It's that taking that one guy out of that defense, preoccupied with a – with the downhill verticality speed that J.J. McCarthy has. That's the, that's the biggest caveat. As good as his arm is, that's what I think is the glaring difference between Cade and J.J. Because when when I watched like last year, I mean, Georgia was not even honoring the play fakes with Cade. They knew he wasn't going to take off. And they figured if they, if they bid on something, they'd be able to recover with him. You can't do that with J.J. McCarthy. And so I think that's really going to open the running game. I think C.J. Stokes is going to be that third back. And I want to get your opinion about I wanted to ask you about this as well, because I thought through this process. I mean, it's almost like Donovan Edwards is is almost a, is a better receiver back than he is a running back running back. And maybe do you think that Stokes will get more more carries and Donovan will will be in, will still get his share, but will, will be in kind of a bubble screen scenarios and things like that? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? I know Blake's going to be the workhorse, but where do you think Donovan will be when he gets healthy? I think Donovan Edwards will be still very balanced. I think he'll get his share of carries because I think he is uh, probably a better running back overall than than maybe he's had a complete opportunity to show. But I 100% agree with you that he is very dangerous as a receiver. And uh, he can be in that role where he's uh, their primary guy catching the football out of the backfield and really keeping people off balance with that kind of thing. And uh, given J.J. McCarthy's mobility, uh, you talk about being able to have a check down or a guy even uh, checking down on the run to him and have him in motion. Uh, it's it's uh, a considerable weapon for this team. I think that uh, that's going to be a, a – I, I don't think that uh, I, I would uh, – uh, usher Donovan Edwards into the category of, you know, he's just a, a, a guy that we're going to, you know, dump the passes off to. I think he can definitely run the football, but he, he will bring a lot to the table uh, when he gets healthy. And, uh, you know, who knows, you, you may see just a, a precautionary sit out uh, this week against UConn because for darn sure they want, uh, they, they want Donovan Edwards in, at uh, in full gear when the uh, Big Ten ramps up. Yeah, I, I see a lot of really uh, hard running, downhill running by C.J. Stokes. Uh, and, and Donovan does that too. But, I mean, I just I, – it's just been – it's popped in me. And it, it, once again, two games, small sample size. And we'll know against we get real teams against when we get into Big Ten play. But, I mean, I, I would be – you know, this is where you got two offensive coordinators. Try to get creative in different ways to – to get Donovan Edwards the ball in in, in situations where he can spread that off uh, that defense out a little bit, and maybe they have a bolt back, all three back in there. Who knows? But I, I think Michigan's pretty strong rushing wise, and I also I've been hearing a lot of experts, including Urban Meyer, <laughs> who have been, although qualifying the competition, says this Michigan offense could be something special. It really could. 
and they're you know they're ranked fourth in the country, and um, I it, it pops off the screen with me. This this offense could be could be a, a notch ahead of what we've seen in recent times. Well, I 100% agree with you, and I I didn't uh, mention C.J. Stokes. You've done a nice job of summing him up, but uh, what great feet and what uh, what oh, yeah. ability for yeah. a true true freshman! It kind of takes you back to yeah. uh, those Michigan teams that had two very dependable, reliable, outstanding running backs, and then you throw the third guy in yeah. uh, who is a true freshman and you're bringing him along and you know you're going to see him a ton more next year, just like you're going to see Donovan Edwards a ton more this year than you did last. And, and they got a good thing going in the uh, in the offensive backfield, and C.J. Stokes is the newest uh, big part of that. Yeah, Michigan's had this in the past. I mean – Going back to Stanley Edwards in 77, I mean, Larry Ricks came on the scene in 80. I'm like, where's this guy? They don't even need this guy. Uh, he's good. And, you know, and and uh, Tamonga Biaka Batuka, I mean, the list goes on. Like, where did this guy come from? Mike Hart in 2004. Think of how dominant uh, he was uh, that, that year. So um, Michigan's had great backs. Oh, when and, I was. They, they got good ones now. When I was starting with the Wolverine, uh, you mentioned Biaka Batuka. He was thrown in there with uh, with Tyrone Wheatley and Ricky yeah. Powers, and then yeah, you exactly. had other guys yeah, that Ricky came Powers after that. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that. That's another example. And and you know maybe you know a lot of these teams have three backs, and a lot of these teams have two quarterbacks. <laughs> We've got. I mean, Michigan's up with the Bamas and the, and 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 the Oklahomas, and and Florida had that with with Chris Lee and Tim Tebow. You know, they have depth at every position, including quarterback. And if you want to call that a, a controversy, I don't call it a controversy. I call it a quarterback luxury. And that, that's certainly a luxury they have right now at a lot of positions. Yeah. Well, let's flip sides of the ball. We got uh, Jamon Green at the uh, press conference yeah. on Monday, and I had a chance to ask him, uh, try to balance between – these these aren't the top offenses that you're going to be playing. This is not an Ohio State. We understand that, but you know how? What are you seeing that that leads you to believe that you know this can be a really good defense? And and I like this answer. He talked about the fact that you know you take what is presented before you and you dominate them. You try to dominate in every way you can. You try to not let up. You step on them and you keep stepping hard. And then as things ramp up, uh, he, he feels like Michigan's level of defensive play will do the same. When I, when I ask you to, uh, to make that same balance, what are you still seeing, competition aside, that you like about this Michigan defense? Well, I think Will Johnson, uh, I thought he struggled in week number one, and he was uh, – Obviously better in week two. Hey, you know, teams improve week number one and week number two. I think Will Johnson looked really good out there. Well, the, the main thing on all this stuff, uh, when you look at defensive, you know, Michigan defensive film, and I watched the replay the first half when, you know, it was ones on ones or whatever. Uh, God, just like last week, a lot of swarming to the ball. And, you know, you get a, a D tackle in Mason Graham who looks like a man out there and Mozzie Smith and, uh, I mean, Rayshon Benny. I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of contributors, uh, way more uh, constant contributors than before. 
Braden McGregor, number 17, a kid who we know he had that bad injury uh, in high school, his senior year. I don't think he played in his senior year. And, you know, maybe struggled a little bit out of the gate his first year at Michigan. He he looks he looks like a dude out there. And there's a lot. Of, I mean, Junior Colson, you can throw the names out. Michael Barrett really looked good at at uh, at the will linebacker. I mean, there was a lot of them out there and um, and in the secondary as well. So once again, we'll find out more. I, I feel good about the defense. Will it be as good as uh, last year's? It's probably way too early to to determine that, but there's a lot of a lot of parts and a lot of different strengths. It's not you know having these extraordinary edge rushers last year that are now going on to the NFL, but uh, you you have uh, just more moving parts that are productive and they're getting into stat sheet. Yeah, you look at that last game and the defensive stats are so spread out that yeah. um, uh, you know it's uh, young Mister Harrell as uh, we've had. Uh, yeah. Someone weigh in and mention is uh, is stepping up and playing really, really well. And, you know, you get the junior Colson, who, you know, is going to record a ton of tackles. Um, and uh, D Brown has him first team Big Ten, by the way, weighing in <laughs> from uh, from our watchers. And wow, that's junior. Bold. Junior racked up the, the, the tackles in the first game and, you know, only comes up with a couple in the second game. But that's because the defensive players just didn't play that much individually. I mean, you're throwing waves of them in there. I really think that uh, in this third game, you're going to start to see that pared down like a, uh, like Juwan Howard will pare down his, his bench in, as they approach big 10 play, you're going to see more of these starters play more minutes in this one. I have to believe. Great point. I just thought about when I was driving home from the game. I said, "When this 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 bench, this bench, and basketball is a great analogy. When so many players play early on in the non-conference and in the Big Ten game, and you know, big boy basketball comes up, all of a sudden that bench gets a little bit shorter. And I think it's going to go uh, in this situation. I, I, I bottom line though, what what did what did Dave Avalos say? Ninety-six players played in this game. Think about what that does for morale. So I'm looking at the upside of of a game like this." John, uh, and not being all doom and gloom about it, because when you get that many guys that are out on that on that field that are feel that they're contributing, and then you're seeing the reactions, like I talked about the Mac Bredesen catch from the, on the bench, because they know, and you had players talking about that, they know how much work goes into on demo squad, you know, playing it, you know, on scout team, and the fact that they're on the field and their parents are seeing them, they're on the Big Ten network, and their names are being called. That's huge, and that's going to pay big dividends down the road, I think. We got Shadyville 03 weighing in from the outside and uh, <laughs> saying, I am still worried about the linebacker position, especially depth. How does Tom Crawford uh, feel about that particular area? I, I think that's a great point. It's, it's, a, um, it's a point that uh, we, we really haven't talked about because they haven't been exposed, but uh, Nakai Hill Green is he going to be? How is he's going to? How is he going to be at midline? Oh, and, and and Mullins is in there at number twenty, I think, is his number um, playing a lot. I I don't know. Uh, that's a. I don't think it's the strongest position. I like Michigan's. If I look at the defense at the three levels, I would I would I would weigh in. Uh, the linebacker is the one I'm I, that I'm more worried about than the other two. 
I'll just say that. I mean, don't you feel that way or, or not? I think that's legitimate because we've seen uh, some really, really strong play out of the secondary. You've got so many guys looking uh, very solid there. And certainly up front, there have been uh, guys that have been, you know, helmet sticker worthy in the early going. So I, I, I do think they've got talent at the linebacker position. But I also think that uh, that's that's a place where you you better keep your eye on uh, in terms of how they develop depth and how uh, they are able to, in an ongoing basis, uh, really step up and play. Well, th- uh, I think I think what they need, John, is you know maybe and maybe uh, this freshman Jimmy Rolder, number thirty, who when he's been in there looks really good. Maybe that it, like who's the Rod Moore? of the linebacking core. I mean, Rod Moore mm-hmm. did this at strong safety who all of a sudden like, wow, where did this kid come from? The, 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 maybe there's a young guy that's going to come in at linebacker and all of a sudden, maybe it's Pollard or one of these guys that all of a sudden emerges and is in the rotation that will help that depth issue and will make that a position of strength. Now, those are things you're not going to really know until we get into Big Ten play, I guess. Well, there's certainly a young guy that you're keeping an eye on in another way. Uh, Amarian Walker comes in as a one of these wide receivers that everybody's ooing and aahing yeah. about, and all of a sudden he's uh, playing over on the defense and getting several snaps over there. That's Harbaugh true. says he'll continue to be a two-way player, but boy, he's getting some emphasis on defense, and it's almost like this team realizes, you know, we're we're pretty darn loaded at wide receiver. Let's find ways to get more guys on the field. <laughs> I thought of another guy, you know, because Michigan fans like to, uh, uh, they like to have a have a name to shout out, you know, like Eddie McDoom. How about Deuce Spurlock? Now, number fifteen, I think he plays the Will. Um, he made a couple plays. He's a freshman, another freshman, and uh, maybe he's one of those guys who who goes in and and gets that depth going. But they Michigan's got a lot of young players on on defense and a lot of young linebackers but you know to the you know to the to the question and the point about linebacking there there is concern because you don't have a lot of season depth at linebacker yeah and and as we referenced the marion walker a reminder from the from the crowd out there that he is six four and that's uh that's pretty darn good in a defensive back if you have the mobility and can make it work mm-hmm. um all right, we're coming down the home stretch. We're well into the fourth quarter, and uh, I would be remiss if I did not note the fact that uh, you've got a Notre Dame team that is zero and two. You've got uh, Texas A&M with a getting upset. You've had uh, Wisconsin losing a home game. Talk about as you look around the landscape of college football. You know, we've had uh, a lot of focus on Michigan schedule and how, uh, you know, they, they really haven't beaten anybody. Um, but there are some other teams that have lost to people that they didn't expect to, to lose to. And and that is attention worthy. Yeah. You know, as bad as a, a week weekend for the Big Ten when they were favored in all 14 games and, and they had some embarrassing losses was a good a weekend it was for the Sun Belt because you mentioned a couple of those Appalachian State you know they're they're in they're in the Sun Belt 
and and they had you know uh, their big win at College Station no less. And you had Marshall from the Sun Belt, and they go beat Notre Dame. And then you have Georgia Southern from the Sun Belt uh, beat Nebraska and cost Scott Frost his job, which he knew he was going to lose it anyway. But uh, that it, those those are bad losses for the Big Ten, and and yet the Sun Belt is you know a Group of Five conference. Uh, there, you know, but you, you know, there's some teams down there you got to watch out for. And, you know, much as I was dogging, um, the schedule this year and next year, there's a team next year that I'm, that I'm going to be leery of when they open in Ann Arbor, East Carolina. Okay. They almost beat NC state this year. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the, not to get ahead of our worry factor. Here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's, that's almost, almost a group of five team. East Carolina is going to be a group of five caliber team, but yeah, some really, some jarring, uh, upsets. For a weekend where there was only one legitimate game, when you really think about it, as far as the attention of the national of the national picture was Alabama going down to Austin and pulling that one out 20 to 19 and not playing very well. And yet they still won the game. They didn't play, they looked terrible in a lot of ways. They still won the game. That's that's just, you know, that's gravy for Alabama. So they got one in the hopper. They could still lose another one and get in the CFP. Right. That's the difference between playoff teams and non-playoff teams uh, in this game is if you have that scare early and you're yet able to pull it out. It's just like, uh, you know, you you had that in, uh, in 1997. Michigan had chances to lose games. Uh, sure. early on and they pulled them out Ohio State when uh, it was 2002 when they uh, um, many 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 close games so yep. um, the, the, the close ones are uh, you, to find a way to win them at this time of year or at any time of year is is just massive Tom Crawford any final thoughts as uh, as we wrap this thing up I know it's been a um, a very good two weeks and a very change-filled two weeks for Michigan. Yeah, uh, just a couple of comments. God forbid ever, ever, ever Michigan has a, a a night game at Michigan Stadium against that bad of opponent. I just don't waste a night game on that kind of opponent. And hopefully, it sounds like Michigan State's going to be that night opponent uh, next time, and that's going to be terrific. I think UConn's going to be a little step up. Uh, in caliber of play, it's not saying a lot, um, but I think they're better than the, the prior two teams. So hopefully they'll get better. Hopefully they'll they'll be execution, and stay off the injury, you know, keep those injuries away, and then real football begins a week from Saturday. I cannot wait to drive down to the Maryland game and feel like okay, it's like this is what we've been waiting for, and and it's, it's been great. Go down there, and uh, I don't care who they're playing. It's Michigan football and it's magical, but that's going to, you know, we get into big 10 play. It's uh, it's on game on. And uh, I can't wait to the the 24th of September. I would agree with that, but I would say one more thing about this week. I think it's the, one of the fascinating things about Michigan UConn is this is the first game where JJ McCarthy is uh, flat out named the guy. The yeah. guy. Okay, it's your show now, kid. See, yeah. Let's see what you can do with it. And I, I think that that um, how he reacts in this situation is uh, is just enormous because I think one of the things that uh, was still holding him back for a little bit was uh, is he gonna is he gonna have some turnover issues uh, 
uh, and he just he proved to be absolute money in those first two games. And you know he kind of needs to to certify now going into the Big Ten season. Yeah, and I think you know, and he's got to turn the ball. I mean, it just happens. I mean, you know, and and but I think he's resilient enough. I think Cade's resilient enough. He was last year, certainly of of coming off mishaps and and bouncing back. Uh, he threw an interception in the Ohio State game early on in that game. You remember in the South yeah. End Zone? They're like, oh God, you can't turn the ball over against Ohio State, and they still won the game. So it's uh, it's part of the game. And uh, a good point, though, about J.J., it's his, and it's a, it's going to be a different mentality, although I think he's going to handle it very well. Very mature young man. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Tom Crawford brings all the maturity to this podcast. <laughs> 66 appreciate- years of it. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. Hey, and uh, check us out next week as well. We will be announcing uh, sometime this week uh, which former Michigan player will be with us, but uh, it will be someone that can very well speak to a uh, difficult quarterback situation. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Tom, appreciate you. We'll uh, we'll do this again a week from now. Always a pleasure and honor, John. Thanks for having me on.